1: Hi, I'm Mel and I'm Trish and, and this, this is, is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold as oh, you do, say. I like that. I like that one yeah, too. That was mine. <laughs> <laughs> that was mine. there, it's Mel and Trish. Welcome to another episode of Don't Give a 50, the podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and just don't give a 50, like us. Once again, thank you to our tribe of awesome 50-ishers who are tuning in each week to listen to us. If you're listening and loving our podcast, we would love it if you could leave a five-star rating and review and share a link with your friends. It helps us enormously, so thank you.
2: So, Mel and I are so 50 and excited and honoured to have the amazing... Cindy O'Meara in the studio with us today. For those who don't know this beautiful human, let me tell you, you are in for an absolute treat. Cindy is an absolute rock star of the wellness world. Cindy graduated with a Bachelor of Science majoring in nutrition from Deakin University in 1984. Her special interest was ancestral foods. Disillusioned by nutritional guidelines, Cindy paved her own path and stayed clear of the low-fat diet trends of the day, and not without controversy, and also long before it was fashionable to do so. Cindy is all about educating her greatest love is to teach both in the public arena and within large corporate food companies, to enable everyone to make better choices so they too can enjoy greater health in their lives considered one of the world's foremost experts and on our humble podcast in nutrition and Cindy's also an international speaker with 40 years of experience in research and knowledge into nutrition and achieved all this while bringing up three amazing gorgeous kitties who are i just now got to interject there
1: I am actually feeling really quiet what, the, what have we been doing hashtag what, the what have I been doing <laughs> <laughs> what the 50 we've been doing <laughs> Inadequate. So welcome, Cindy. Welcome, Thanks, Cindy. It's lovely to see your beautiful smiling face oh, across no. the desk here. Mm, yes. It's nice
3: to be here. You know, I have known you girls yes. for probably 30, has to be 30 plus years, 30 years, I it reckon. D- about yeah. 30 years. Yeah. 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 When I moved to the coast in 89, I met both of you very quickly. <laughs> And you were that babies? Babies? Was that memorable? Was that memorable? You were just young girls.
2: I'm sure there was some memorable moments in <laughs> yeah. <of> the surf club.
1: <laughs> there were. And yeah, we love that. that. We love those memories. Yes.
2: Yeah. Cindy, we've been talking a lot lately about embracing who we are, quietening the negative self-talk in our own minds and being kinder to ourselves. As teenagers through the 80s, many of us 50-ishers have dabbled with or completely tortured ourselves with fad diets and or yo-yo dieting and so many out there are still confused and wrestling with beliefs around what's healthy, what's not, the calorie deficit mindset so many eating trends, paleo, keto, vego, vegan, <laughs> just to name a few. It, it can get
1: really overwhelming. There's a lot of O's in there. Isn't it's the Australian there? way. Add an O <laughs> or an IE on the end. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But honestly, being 50-ish women, it is inevitable, inevitable that we're going through significant changes hormonally, physically and even mentally. How did you just is... stumble on a word? I did. I oh, my God. You off picked, on you. you picked. <laughs> you picked it up bummer i wasn't gonna let it go sorry about that everyone my role um and understanding that each and everybody is actually different we would love your advice on what you would encourage our gorgeous 50ish tribe to be focusing on at this very season of our lives because it's a big time of change it's a big transitional period in our lives so our first question to you is what are some of the greatest food fallacies or misconceptions that we need to be aware of and let go of once and for all at midlife
3: First of all, I think the most important thing is, is that we've been taught to look at components of food. So we're told, oh, that's good food, it's got protein. Oh, that's good food, it's got... Um, fat or no fat or it's got no sugar or it's got little salt. So we always have gone through those those mechanisms of, of food. And I call it mechanistically looking at food as opposed to vitalistically looking at food. So when we vitalistically look at food, we look at the food for its whole. So I was reading a post today and it was by a vegan who said that broccoli has just as much protein as meat. So they compared it. I think it was a few... Uh, grams less, but it wasn't that much. So two cups of broccoli gave you seven grams of protein versus I don't know how much meat gave you 13 grams of, of protein. And they said, well, that's good. You know, you only have to eat two cups of broccoli as opposed to meat. But meat is a completely different food to two cups of broccoli. Yep. Meat has other components in it. It has a fat in it that's really important. It has vitamins A and D. It has fat-soluble vitamins as opposed to water-soluble vitamins. It doesn't have phytates in it, it which bind with minerals. So when I see this, I just know it's a complete fallacy. Yeah. When I look, when somebody says to me, butter's bad for you because it's got saturated fat, margarine's better because it's unsaturated, well, how's margarine made? What are the other chemicals that are added to it versus what butter is? So for me, there are two things I look at. I look at holistically looking at food, number one, mm-hmm. and number two, I look at the traditional and cultural ways that we ever use those foods. So, margarine, let's just take that. 1920, it started as a cheap form of butter. By 1950, it was something that was lower in fat and saturated fat. And then it became something, it morphed into lowering your cholesterol. And then by 2009, we found out it had trans fats in it and it was unhealthy for us. But if if I was to go back to 1920, I'd go, "Well, how long have we been eating butter?" Mm-hmm. Vers- uh margarine versus butter mm-hmm. margarine we just started in 1920 versus butter we've been eating for thousands and thousands of years if we were herders mm. so when you look at a food don't look for it as a component part so if you pick up a package and the package says, let's say a protein powder. Let's go a protein powder. So it'll have a protein concentrate, isolate or hydrolysate. It might have a fat in it of some sort. If it's low fat, it won't. It may have a sugar in it. It'll have a flavour, an acidity regulator, um, a colour because they might want colour. And, and, but if you look at the ingredients versus looking at the nutritional panel – you actually see the real food it's a bunch of chemicals it's a sh- it's a shitstorm can i say that it's a you can it's a chemical shitstorm whereas if i look at meat or an egg or something like that and especially if it's organic or being grown using regenerative farming that I know the quality of that food is what my evolutionary body needs and I have an evolutionary body you have an evolutionary body Mel and so do you Trish yep. we do not have modern bodies and we're living in a modern world trying to feed it modern food not going out into the modern sunshine <laughs> you know we wear sunscreens we think that we can um, skip on sleep we think we can skip on exercise you know the, I remember the the when those those things came in that you sat in oh. and it rubbed your butt. Oh, yeah. you know, one of those belts, Vibra Gyms yeah. or something like that.
2: Mum's got one of those ones that you put your feet on yeah. and your whole body shakes. The kids love it and they say, Mum, put your feet on it, and then they film my face and it's <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm doing actions, but you can't, can't see that. But the most important thing is that we need to. Our body needs to believe it's still a hunter gatherer, as opposed to a modern woman living um, in the ni- you know as a fifty year old in two thousand and ten, two thousand and twenty. You know, we've got to start changing that narrative and realise that our body needs certain ingredients in order to be healthy. Okay, so two
1: points that um, I feel that you've raised there really strongly, and that is that we need to be careful about the labelling of food. And also the second one is for those people that don't have the foundational knowledge, the nutritional knowledge that you do, in terms of, you know, the hunter-gatherer, how do they... know this? How do they gain that knowledge? How do they gain and grow that understanding of, like, when they go into the supermarket, what they should be eating versus
3: what they shouldn't and how they should be careful with labels? Yeah. I'd read my book, Lab to Table. Okay. Stop being a lab rat and start making better choices for your table because... There you go, 50 issues You've heard it here. (laughs) (laughs) Because what that does is that it explains every food in the supermarket. So if you're um, buying breakfast cereals, it'll explain how these breakfast made? What do they add to it? What is it doing to your body in the morning? What does it do to your brain in the morning? So it, it actually explains it in like three, four pages. It's not a, a big expose on it. It's just, this is it, what it is. And what's the difference? So as we get older, we don't need as much sugar. So as we hit the fifties, the need for carbohydrates is for those women that are still cycling and are having babies and breastfeeding. They need the carbohydrates. That's so amazing. That's such a, a pertinent point don't you think, Trish, Absolutely. about our specific needs mm. at this time? Yeah, and then, and it's not carbohydrates. Mm. You, we need less and less. And everybody will know this. If they've continued the diet that they've been on since they were cycling and had their babies and breastfed and running around after their kids and then they hit menopause or perimenopause, they'll start to put on weight around the middle. Yep. And that's a sign to say, hello. Hey, <laughs> me, <laughs> Example what eight. is this you talk of? <laughs> well, that's the time to say, yeah, Yep. I need to change my diet. And if you yep. think about the hunter-gatherer and all, all I ever do, like so I did anthropology before I did nutrition. And, and so what I do is I think what would life been like in a tribe? Who would have been getting most of the food? And it would have been our young men and our young women. It would not have been the older people because we don't need as much food. It's so interesting, isn't it, because – and this is such a really good point because
1: when we are younger and not not – all younger women have children, but they're still very busy, aren't they? So they're full-time careers or you're a career and a mum. It is very busy physically. It's all hands on deck. You have very, very busy days, long days, often deprived sleep, you know, so it makes sense that you do need those carbohydrates. And even though we might think that we are incredibly busy in midlife, mm-hmm. I mean, I still get up, you know, drag my myself out of bed very early in the morning to exercise because I need that. I'm still not physically as busy as I was years ago when my children were young. So it actually makes sense. And we need to sit down, I'm, I
3: guess is what you're saying, and adjust accordingly. Yeah, we do need to adjust accordingly. And, mm. um, and people don't realise that. They think, well, I ate that when I was in my 20s. Yeah. And I fell into that trap. So I turned probably fifty two, I'd put on about nine kilos. I'd never put weight on in my life. I was still eating the same foods. I was going into that perimenopause. I was getting aches and pains. Um my brain was not working. It was that Seriously. Going, going into my fifties was really I'm like going, Even you, <laughs> Cindy, yep. I've I'm imagined <laughs> <better. laughs> Even you
1: fell into the trap. Yeah, I fell into the trap And that. we've all fallen into the trap, haven't we? We're all there. Yeah.
2: That's so interesting because mm. your diet would have been exemplary or Exemplary. Didn't even know I ate, did that work <laughs> compared to mm. the normal person? Like, and it, it would have mm. been Whole Foods, beautiful, healthy foods. And that's the thing. People think that I'm eating really healthy. Why is this still happening to me?
3: Yeah, and I did the same thing. I questioned that, mm. but because I'm such a, a foodie, I went. Well, it's got to have something to do with my food. And it wasn't after until about eighteen months to two years of whinging about it yes. that I finally went. I have to do something. Yep. I have to do something. And so what I did was I pretended I was in the winter of the hunter-gatherer. Not a lot of food available. I had to get rid of fat deposits. So what happens when you go into the winter um, foods of the hunter-gatherer, which would have been very lean meats, not a lot of food, not much fruit, maybe winter fruits, and and green. there would have been maybe greens around, maybe – but it wouldn't have been a lot of food, so I just went. I have to pretend to my evolutionary body what's happening is the winter of the hunter gatherer. In three weeks, I lost that nine kilos, and I've never put that back on.
2: Wow! So, because are you
1: st- do you maintain the winter hunter gatherer? I do it every year. eating plan, or is it literally in our winter? It's That's when you strip winter. back
3: a bit. Yeah, I strip back in the winter. Wow! But when the summer comes, That's amazing. I enjoy mangoes and bananas and things like that. Okay, so you stay
1: seasonal, which is how yes. we grew up didn't Mm -hmm. we? Very much so.
3: You know, our parents couldn't buy fruits that weren't in season. That's right. They weren't available. And now you can buy mangoes in the middle of winter. You can. Yeah. And you can buy mangoes in Melbourne, yet they don't grow them in Melbourne. No. (laughs) You know, so (laughs) I'm very much of seasonal. So when I see – and I do have a farm, so I'm really lucky, and I do grow a lot of my foods. So I know what's going to be in abundance. Like in the winter, there's so much greenery. I have broccoli. I've got cauliflower. I've got lettuces. I've got every bit of greenery that I could possibly want. Um, And so I stick with that. And then, of course, my cattle don't have as much – Food yeah. feed because it's a dry season in the winter, yeah. so they're leaner and I don't eat my cattle because I name them, so don't think <laughs> that I hard. do that. I'm on a farm, we just say they're going on a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I name them, I can't even do oh. holidays. So, so I there's a farmer across the valley from me and he sells his food at the I, the local IGA, so I go there and buy his food. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to get your head oh, around that, I'm isn't it? It's somebody else's daisy. So <laughs> yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do that yearly now. I pretend I'm in that winter and I only need to be in that winter for three weeks um, initially and then I start to increase my calories and increase the food that I'm eating. But any weight that I've gained over the summer, which was a normal thing for us to do. That's fascinating, isn't it? Because we all talk about gaining weight over winter and then
1: losing it in summer. We've got the beach body. And I. I everybody I, is a beach body. Everybody Malina? is a beach
3: body. I couldn't agree more. So, but yeah. that's really interesting, Cindy. So, mm. it's actually the opposite. It, it, the hunter gatherer was opposite because food was abundant in the summer and the body needed to put the fat on in order to survive the winter. Mm. Um, and so, that's why we had sweet fruits and fat animals because the saturated fat would create an insulin resistance, which means that the sugar that you ate would be laid down as fat. Mm. And that's why diet, people with diabetes who have insulin resistance put, lay fat down. Because their body is honed to do that; it's a survival mechanism. Yeah. Do you know the longest fast in the world that has ever been recorded? And all he ate was water and tea for thirteen months. This man. Oh my gosh! He had enough fat Whereas, on him. Whereas, yeah, to we survive. go without food for four hours and we think we, we're starving. Exactly, we think our throats oh, are cut. I haven't
1: eaten. <laughs> I'm starving. So I'm smacked. Mm.
3: 13 months. How big was he when he started? Um, I know that he lost, over that 13 months, 320 grams a day. So think about 320 grams of fat. That's about 3,200 calories. So he actually, and if you can multiply that by the 13 months, you'll get how much he lost. I just remember it in increments. So, um, yeah, it was 320 grams. As a a woman, we may lose 2,200 calories or 220 grams. So I lost approximately... 2,200 grams a day day. over 21 days because I didn't give my body a lot of food. It kicked into something called ketosis, Mm -hmm. which means I use my fat cells in order to survive. You can eat fat to survive or you can use your fat cells to survive. I I was talking to this um, gentleman who's started the ketogenic diet and he goes, I'm just not losing weight. And I went, have you reduced your amount of food that you're eating? Because if you're eating the fat that is equal to the amount of energy that you're burning, then your body's not going to access the fat that is there stored ready for a, a rainy day or a starving day. Mm-hmm. Um, but him, and, and then he went, oh, I never thought of that. So everyone thinks that they can do the ketogenic diet and eat whatever they want. Um, as long as it's fat. as Well, fat and protein. protein. And with, yeah. you can have some, you know, greens and things like yeah. that. I, I do the healthy keto way where I do it cyclically. So in the Uh, summer, I jump out of ketosis, and in the winter, I go back into it again. Wow, we need your book, definitely.
2: Well, yeah, I've actually done the the hunter-gatherer protocol. And what really amazed me is, you know, when we're eating our so-called normal healthy diet, we can feel so fatigued and brain fog and whatnot. And when I have done Cindy's protocol, and when I have limited myself, as, as you did, Sometimes the clarity that you have and the energy is just amazing because obviously your body is so clean and it's just functioning how it's meant to. And when you're in that zone, you think, oh, never, never going to eat badly again. (laughs)
3: And you do feel like that. You go into that and you feel so good. And then you, and then what happens is that, you know, life gets in the way and you go to a party and you do this and you do that. So that's why I do it every winter. It's like yeah. my checkpoint back in. Yeah. And it's what the hunter-gatherer would have done. My evolutionary body would have done that. And so I just check in. i got to admit, though, this year I couldn't check in because I had such a – A very stressful year, Mm. and I hardly ate, and I had no weight on me. It was like Mm. there is no way you can do that. If you like that. And in in actual fact, if food wasn't available to me, it would have been a real crisis point if mm, I was yes. in the hunter-gatherer. And think about it. You know, like if food wasn't available to them, it would have been crisis. Number one, their menstruation would stop. Yep. Therefore, they wouldn't be able to get pregnant that year, which would have been a good thing because if they did get pregnant, then they had not only them to survive, but the, the baby would have to survive. And probably together they would have died out. Mm. Yeah. So... It, this this whole thing about our body mm. is it's it works well. You just have to feed it those right ingredients. And food is not the only ingredient. Sunshine's important for your sleep cycles, for your vitamin D and for um, circadian rhythms and so much more. Sleep's important for the cleaning of the brain. So that's the only time the brain cleans itself is in sleep. Movement's important for our lymphatic system and to keep our muscles working the best that they possibly can. So we – and connection, love. Mm. And don't you find it interesting during this last two years that they've isolated us, not allowed us to be in the sunshine. Everybody's eating crap food. The the average Australian has put on 15 kilos of weight. Mm if they have not been doing things properly. And mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing about health. There's nothing been about health. It's just been this lockdown and this non-connection. And, like you know, my dad passed away a couple of weeks ago alone because my brother and I couldn't cross the border to get to oh, him. Sandy, that's, it's yeah, ju- it's that's disgusting. disgusting. And there's so many stories. Yeah. yeah. So, so much so one many trauma. Heartbreaking yeah. stories. One of many. Yeah. So I believe that if we fake what our body needs in this modern world, we can live in a modern world... Yep and be the healthiest version that we possibly can. And I'm gone past my 50s. I'm now 61. And and amazing. I feel incredible. From so moving good. into my 50s yep. compared to moving in my 60s, what a difference because so I learnt the lesson.
1: That transition was easier for you because of the lessons that you learnt when you transitioned into your 50s. Yep. Okay, you so you good, at good be- times ahead. <laughs> yep, good times ahead. Do you think at the beginning of your 50s,
2: It it was perimenopausal and when everything was changing so much is when you really had to go, hang on, I need to work out what for me moving forward. And now that you've found that, it's probably going to work for a lot longer.
3: Most definitely. It was definitely a combination of going through perimenopause and into menopause. And I suffered, after I did that at at the age of 52 where I changed everything, Mm. nothing. I didn't go through any of the symptoms people talk about in menopause. I didn't have, occasionally I'd get heated, you know, a little bit of, of hot flashes, but they disappeared very, very quickly. I had, I didn't, once I'd lost the weight, I didn't put weight on around the middle, but I am, you know, I do put weight around the middle. Mm. That's the first place I'll put it mm. and I'll feel it in my jeans or things like that. And that's when I know when the winter comes, I just reset again. Mm. And we have to do this. If we want to get through life with more energy and more vitality, yep. you just you have to be adaptive. You have to adapt. We had to adapt to food changes. We had to adapt to seasonal changes. And I do believe that we have to adapt to what's happening in our life as well.
1: So the modern world hasn't been kind to us, has it? No. no. At all. Not at and all. And we, we need to adjust. Yeah. Well, I think technology has moved so fast, but our bodies... Don't move as fast as technology,
3: mm. you know.
2: So mm. we're
3: it's still like, humans, aren't we? we like, are. well, there's no changing that. We are. <laughs> and we also know with technology, we know that at the blue light yeah. that affects your eyes yes. when you're watching at eleven o'clock at night scrolling. If people do that, I'm sure people don't do that, but Couldn't if they do, do that. That. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> we know that it affects um, the brain, the circadian rhythms. Yeah. And you don't only have a circadian rhythm that affects the brain and sleep; you have a circadian rhythm that affects your digestion. So your pancreas has a different circadian rhythm to your stomach which has a different wow. circadian. They're all different because the pancreas needs to work in the morning when you get up and you you eat food and you need, you know, maybe insulin. So it will start working then, but it slows down at night. So if you're eating sugar at night, it's mm. not working as well. Mm, mm. And you will just put that weight on because it's like an insulin resistance. And what I love is that the hunter gatherer knew it all. They knew it all, but they knew it through culture and tradition. We now know it because of science. Science is showing us there's just so much information. It's like breath work. You know, there's James Nestor's book, Breathe. There's another one on sleep. I can't remember the guy who put it on sleep. There's another one on the circadian rhythms of the digestive system. So we know this stuff is out there in the science world, but our hunter-gatherer knew it. We don't need to go to science. We just have to look at what would our hunter-gatherer have done? Gone to bed early got up early. Yeah, yeah. Simplifying things. Yeah, do just, just simplify. simplify. See the moon Eat because that's food. our cycle. Eat yeah. real food. Get out into the sunshine. Don't use sunscreen, you know, at, at every minute of the day. Like I see people yeah. putting sunscreen on at 6am in the morning mm-hmm. when we're swimming. Yeah. That's yeah. me. I put it on my face.
0: At 6am.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm staunch. I mean, I wear a wetsuit for my to protect my skin and then I and I have olive skin but I still, you know, I, I protect my face. So mm. I put sunscreen on my face. So yeah, I'm I'm conditioned to do that and I because I don't like getting sunburnt. But I you don't like at the six feeling. In the morning. Yeah, I don't know. I I have quite sensitive skin. Um and so yeah, no, I do. So I've but just completely conditioned myself
2: to do that. It comes from um, also a lot of beauty kind of information and blogs and whatnot. Yeah. They're all like, you know, get up and put your sunscreen on, make yeah, sure GPs your GPS sunscreen and yeah, is the yeah. most important thing. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. So I but guess I guess it's everything in moderation, you know, to taking you on board what works. Let you have yeah,
1: for yourself. sure. So um Cindy this given that the body is so complex Mm. what are the sort of the absolute non-negotiables that we should be doing as women in midlife if you were able to break that down or or give you know a top three or a top five because I'm sure there are some of our listeners some of our 50ish tribe that might be going oh my god this all sounds awesome but where do I start I'm feeling completely overwhelmed apart from reading your book obviously which would be a great place to start but
3: to give like a a tip Mm. When you said the body's complex, yes, it is, but it has an innate intelligence. Once you've chewed your food, do you tell your stomach to produce the hydrogen chloride? No. No. (laughs) So it has an innate intelligence. Give it the right ingredients and it will be the best that it can possibly be. As a person that is the matriarch of her family now, and my husband's the patriarch because every other generation has passed, Mm -hmm. so we're now it, Mm -hmm. I believe that I have a a real reason for doing things right. So I want to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be part of the problem. If I go into a grocery store and I buy packaged food from all over the world that's filled with chemicals and uh, and we haven't even talked about synthetic biology which is just mind-blowing what they're doing to our food. But if I go into a grocery store and purchase that stuff, I'm part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So this is not about us. This is about the planet. This is about future generations. This is about our soil. This is about regen farming. This is about what am I going to do to make a difference on the world that I can do as an individual? Don't worry about the rest of the population. But if you choose to not go to the grocery store, but go to your local farmer's market. Buy everything at your local farmer's market that you know has been grown ethically. Mm-hmm. by regen farmers, organic farmers, whatever it is that is, non-chemical farmers. And go and buy individual ingredients. And if you know how to cook, you can use all of those individual ingredients from your meats, your fruits, your vegetables, your nuts, your seeds, your dairies. Have you got a cookbook too? I I'm, do. I'm a shopper. So many. They're so good. <laughs> I have many. You're a good books, cook, but I'm yeah. not. It, cool. It's basic. Yeah. Throw the meat yeah. on the barbie, make a salad, and and um, roast the sweet potato. Oh, I'm happy with that. I yeah. think that's. I'm happy is with too.
1: that. We that's get it. so
2: overwhelmed. Oh, well, I know I do. I get overwhelmed, and I think. And it's kind of, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and I've got to do that. And then it just gets so overwhelming and so hard that you just kind of almost freeze. Mm -hmm. And I know that I have gone through times, I'm a bit all or nothing. Like, you know, (laughs) I'll be so focused and so healthy and, you know, and I love that. And then all of a sudden the wheels will fall off. And, you know, and I know that I'm the one responsible for bringing the food into the house. Mm. So... And then I bring all this beautiful food in and these two kids go, yeah, what are you trying to feed us now? Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) What's this? Because
2: I've I've been known to give them Cindy's probiotics and we call it the green drink.
1: (laughs) I usually throw a tantrum at that point. Just
2: just (laughs) drink it. Well, that's a tantrum. You know, and it's so much pushback and sometimes it just exhausts me with that. But, you know, the thing is I'll never stop trying. Stand firm. I'll I'll fall off the wagon, whatnot, but I'll bring it all back on. And I think that's the thing is just being kind to yourself and just
3: coming back on track.
2: Regrouping, do the best you can, but then bring it all back.
3: I really think it's our responsibility to teach our teenagers Mm -hmm. or our young adults. Like my babies are now 32, 30 and 28. So I have taught them from the beginning about good food. I've taught them about ethics and how do we become part of a solution and not be part of the problem so the conversation with teenagers would be the same yes is that you start saying to them sweetie I understand that you'd rather have those chips with that crappy vegetable oil in it that's refined that's causing real ill health with you I, I understand that yeah. <laughs> but we're not gonna we're going to yeah. be part You're of You're feeling a solution. depressed you've
2: got anxiety but just yeah. keep just keep eating just those, keep in those chips
3: <laughs> <laughs> or we can choose as a family to yeah. be part of a, a solution and teenagers are worried they are talking about it. They are. Mm-hmm. The young adults are also talking about the 20-year-olds. And so if you're a 50-year-old with 20-year-olds, they're talking about it. They're worried about it. So I've just had a new grandson. And... It was really interesting. The two of them, my son and his fiance, because we can't get married at the moment. You know, we've had no. three married, oh. scheduled marriages yes. and they're all being kaput. But anyway, yes. um, so we've got fiancées and babies, but no marriages and, fianc- and, and babies. It's <laughs> hilarious. But anyway, the two of them chose to clean out together. And I'm thinking, why is my son cleaning out? What, what's he doing? You know, I'm not thinking that they're going to have, they wanted to have a baby. Ah, yes. Ah. They did a six-month cleanse, the two of them. Writing, wow, which is amazing. Then oh. they got pregnant, and then I watched her, and she like she's a nutritionist. She's worked for me. Oh, okay. She's lived with around me for five years, so she ate cleanly. My son ate cleanly. Anyway, she wanted to encapsulate her placenta, so she got somebody to pick it up to dry it and encapsulate yes. it for her. Anyway, the, I know the girl, and the girl said to me, "I encapsulate heaps of placentas." There's only two placentas I've ever encapsulated that I thought were clean and your daughter-in-law is one of them. Oh, she wow. said, I've never seen a placenta like it.
1: Oh, my God.
2: I'm, I'm speechless so did again. Did you feel I didn't know that just an
3: overwhelming sense of pride at that point? Very I'm feeling proud of you. Yeah, I was, I was. And I was proud of my daughter-in-law and my yeah. son that they did all of that and they kept clean and, you know, and they, they never they never faltered. those two.
2: Yeah. And, you know, know, I
3: think it goes back so much in
2: society. There's the delayed gratification that is really, it's not a big thing. You know, everything's instant. There's convenience food, you know, everything's on finance, all of that stuff. So that thing of the past of delayed gratification, like evolution, you know, you had to plant your food, you had to wait for it to grow and you had to be sparingly with it because it had to last. You know, we don't have that. So everything's like instant.
3: I'm hungry. What can
2: I eat? Let's go and buy something rather than let's get the
3: ingredients and cook it. Yeah. And then we're teaching our kids how to do it. And like I said, it's not hard. It's meat on the barbie. Uh, They would have thrown it on the fire. Yeah. And there would have been vegetables wrapped in banana leaves and thrown in the ground. Well, they have encapsulated their placentas. I'm still trying. I'm still back there. I think they would have just eaten
2: it.
1: I don't think they had capsules. I'm I'm amazed. Where have I been living that I haven't even heard of that? How naive am I? Well, you
3: think of the nutrition that is in that placenta. So, what what are they going to do with it? Well, then they eat it. they eat it like liver of a cow. They would have their your they would son eat, and his fiancee going to eat. Well, not my son probably, but she's going to eat it. She, Encapsulated it is. So it's dried like any liver in a cow. And gosh. I and and, and as Mel, it's this girl who encapsulates. Mm. As she said to me, she said. A lot of them I wouldn't touch. Um, (laughs) Yes, because... the mothers want them encapsulated.
2: Because that's quite a detox, Mm, isn't it? Because I have heard that, you know, with especially the first child, it's such a huge detox, so that's why it's important to kind of do the detox before, before falling pregnant
1: because otherwise, yeah. Where have I been living? That's the only comment I've got there. Where have I been? Well, see, I have been a fan of Cindy's for years. and I've been a I'm
2: a fan too. No, but I – see, I was listening to her podcast – We went down... Look at me, I say we went down rabbit holes. I was just listening. We went down many rabbit holes together. You were
1: there with her, Trish. I was. I was
2: walking around my farm feeling
3: lonely, but I was happy because I had a friend in my ear. (laughs) And occasionally she showed up in the... Yes. (laughs) Flesh.
0: Yes. <laughs> I it, love that for
3: it, you. It's interesting because we didn't do encapsulation of placenta 30 years ago. Mm. That just no. wasn't. But I planted a tree. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know. I got my placenta and planted a tree. And because there's so many, you know,
2: quite often after people have babies, there'll be a joke thrown in. Oh, you know, when's the barbie? When are we throwing the placenta on the barbie? Because <laughs> some cultures used to do that. They'd be, the, yeah. Well, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, just another I form. I have heard of that joke though, Trish. Another form of Where throwing placenta on the barbie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> A more palatable one, perhaps.
1: <laughs> I'm getting visuals, that you do <laughs> <laughs> So, Cindy,
2: on that, like talking about encapsulating that and the instant gratification, supplementation, so many. It's like, oh, you've got to have this and you've got to have this and, oh, you know, and what about this? And, you know, there's ashwagandha, I can't even pronounce it. And, um, ashwagandha. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Green powders, vitamins, minerals, uh, apple cider vinegar, gummies, all of that. And I guess supplementation we could probably talk about for another couple of hours. But is there something at this age that we should be definitely looking at? I know that being a celiac, I'm always told magnesium. And also at this age, iodine is so important. But I know it's something that you really need to see a practitioner about. You can't just go willy-nilly with iodine. I know when I was having babies and I was at a naturopath and she gave me iodine and and some other herbal drops and you meant to put the iodine on your wrist but you didn't listen my attention to detail is not great sometimes
0: (laughs) don't tell us
1: where you put it
2: no no I (laughs) I ingested it instead of putting no well anyway I thought it was the other drops. so the other drops I had to take like you know three under my tongue or something and one drop of iodine so I've just had this big guzzle of iodine and then gone hang on that's not those drops that tastes different so I was on the phone actually i I'll have to tell you a really funny story. This morning, so at the moment I'm seeing the naturopath, um, a naturopath. I'm doing a gut cleanse with Kirsty Worth of Cultured Wellness, who we'll have to talk to as well because she's brilliant. And so they've given me a vitamin D spray for my tongue. It's almost identical. To the beautiful Kim Morrison's um, oh, the lavender oil, lavender oil spray. <laughs> so this morning I've got up, I opened my mouth, and gone, kush, kush, kush. I've gone, oh my god, oh my god,
1: that's actually lavender oil.
2: <laughs> so, uh, if my breath is
3: smelling really pretty today, yeah, it's all thanks anyway, to Anyway, Clement, if I was going to sum up supplements as, as in a really small nutshell, and I do talk about it in my book, is that once again we look at nutrition mechanistically so we go oh you need vitamin d oh you need vitamin c oh you need this in nature where does vitamin c sit by itself where does vitamin d sit by itself where does vitamin e sit by itself and i can tell you the research on vitamin e and alpha tocopherols is not good if you are taking more than 40 milligrams of vitamin e as an alpha tocopherol you're doing a disservice to the uh, body especially the female body 40 milligrams a day 40 milligrams a day which is the rda so if you're wow. eating, if you're eating, if you're doing a thousand milligrams, you're doing a real disservice to your health, and we're starting to learn this. So mm. I do not take any synthetic supplements. Yeah, I don't take any supplements that are in isolation. I unless. It's a life-threatening situation and yes. you need to take it. You take it as a medication. You don't take it as something you do every single day. So I'm very much into food-based supplements. So mm-hmm. I have a green powder and the green powder has food. That's it. Yep. We don't have anything that's isolated. We don't take anything out of it. We just have green powders and probiotics and we might put ashwagandha in because it's a herb um, and it's a, an adaptogen, which means it helps the body do what it needs to do. It ha- It's. It's... They just call them adaptogens, um, and that's another conversation. So for me, if I'm going to take a supplement, it has to be food-based. Mm-hmm. But I eat so well, like I really do. I eat foods from my farmer's market or my farm. Um, everything is either organic or regenerative because I, that's where I want to spend my money. I'm not yep. telling you that I'm that – because I can afford it. Mm. No, my daughter afforded it. At university in New Zealand and that's expensive. And that's the thing, you're
2: not spending money on takeaways or processed food. And Mm. I mean, let's face it, we've all been to the supermarket and you can't tell me that you're going to spend more at a farmer's market than you would at a weekly shop at a supermarket if you're getting all of that package stuff
3: yeah. anyway. And plus you think about it, there's no packaging. You take your basket, you put your apples in, there's no oh, plastic so bags. Nice. There's no need for any of it. And, I, and you're getting that connection. And you're getting well. a connection to a local distributor. And yeah. that local distributor means that the economy stays in mm. our local, local area. And I'm very much for supporting the locals. So with supplements, I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know who's making them. I have no idea. Whereas with my food-based supplements i know exactly where they're coming from it's either australia or new zealand
2: yeah, yeah. so i guess yeah.
3: it all boils down to just
2: doing the research and educating yourself yeah and going with trusted sources which of course cindy is so yes with the show notes we'll put all of the ways yeah. you can contact cindy cindy one last question for you if you could travel back in time what advice would 50-ish cindy give to cindy in her 20s
3: do what you do best. Go out and have fun, have adventures, love lots, laugh lots, live lots, and leave a legacy.
1: Yeah. Oh my
2: God. Basically, I love what
3: it. you're doing. I love that.
2: I love that. Cindy, Mel and I can't thank you enough for making the time to record with us amongst your hectic schedule. We appreciate you so much. I know that you have been there f- for me through my life with my ups and downs and mm. constant nutritional. Uh, Growth, (laughs) for the want of a better word. Your wisdom and knowledge about nutrition is absolutely second to
1: none. So 50 and smart. And just thank you for all that you do. Thank you for being you, you gorgeous thing. Thank you. You're awesome, Cindy. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, share with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at don't give a 50 or email us any questions you have at hello at dot 50comau We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what topic you'd like us to tackle next. Don't be shy because Trish and I are not shy. This is a judgment-free zone and we're always happy to hear from you. I think we agree, Trish, life is for living buy the shoes, eat the organic real food cake, drink the organic wine in moderation. We didn't even get onto that. No. Use the good stuff. Whatever or you want. whiskey.
2: I know that um, some people in this room don't mind a shot of whiskey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want, just look after and be kind to yourself and don't give a 50 because we are all awesome regardless of age and living is an absolute privilege. And
2: people just eat real food.
0: They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend.